Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Oh, my laryngitis is never going to forgive me for the choices I'm making this morning. Welcome to show two on this Tuesday morning. It's a two for Tuesday. Uh, Two shows within the same hour. What am I, some kind of idiot? The answer to that question is a resounding yes. Uh, I'm going to do my best. There may not be the same uh, vocal excitement level that you guys are used to with me, the sort of uh, broadcastery way that I like to try to bring you these shows, but we're going to get through it, damn it. And we're going to keep it uh, smidge lively. Uh, I'm Dan Vespers. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. This is the Monday recap show and uh, short Tuesday preview, just a three-game card tonight. If you're looking for the James Harden breakdown, we just did that show, uh, aired about, finished airing about a half an hour ago. Uh, it's available on all podcast channels. It's also available over on our YouTube page. If you're uh, not watching the show live or after the fact, that is youtube.com slash sports ethos. So I'm going to mostly keep this show away from the Harden stuff because we just did a half an hour on that all by itself. Um, and so I, I don't feel like I want to go too much deeper into it. We're seeing uh, rumors starting to emerge. The only thing I'll say on the James Harden front is that we are seeing rumors starting to emerge uh, that the Sixers are going to try to go get some other big-name player. Um, that uh, NBA Central Twitter account that mostly aggregates stuff has posted that Zach Levine and OG Ananobi are two names that have already come up in rumors. Uh, Sixers do now have some picks to move that they just acquired. They have a bunch of contracts that they could move. Um, honestly, I thought it made more sense to go try to get Zach Levine when they still had James Harden, but uh, for now we'll operate as though none of this stuff is imminent. And uh, that gives us the opportunity to roll right into the stuff going on from yesterday. So let's share that up on the screen for those watching, for those that are listening. Don't worry, I'll read through all of it as well. It was a big Monday. What the heck did we have? 11, 12 games, something like that last night. Doesn't really matter. Uh, let's just start working our way through it, and we'll see when my voice poops out on us today. Boston beat Washington. This game was a big, big, big blowout. I'm kind of surprised that Jalen Brown played 31 minutes. There was just no reason for that. But he did now kind of break out of his season-opening slump. This game moved Jalen Brown up to number 35. All it takes is one big game these days, guys. Early going, you can move a whole lot of distance with not a whole lot of, uh, well, changes to what's going on. So he's right back where he belongs. There are no surprises on the Boston side. We can just keep moving forward over to the Washington half of the ledger, which again, blowout. So uh, a lot of stuff ended early. Kyle Kuzma has been fine so far. Um, His rank through the early going is number 43, which probably doesn't hold because he's shooting near 90% at the free throw line. But I do think the uptick in usage probably does keep him inside the top 100 this year. Jordan Poole, on the other hand, has been a mess. He's number 163, high volume misses right now. Coming out of the blowout will probably help him at least get a little bit more consistent. The steals and blocks, believe it or not, are kind of floating his value or it would actually be even worse. He's missing his free throws. His turnovers are too high. Is it a buy low on Jordan? Yes, but also this was a guy getting drafted near 40, 45, uh, and frankly, it was 
that was way too rich for my blood because we knew that this type of stuff was a possibility for him. If you can get him for like a 75 range guy, I would do it. Uh, or you can roll the dice and hope that he continues to stink a little bit longer and then maybe the price gets as low as it... 75 is low enough. I would do that. Um, I don't think that I would pay top 50 for him. I don't know that I would pay top 60. It just feels like 75, you take a shot at that point. Uh, Bilal started for uh, Washington. That was because Daniel Gafford was out, so they moved Kuzma up to center, and that didn't go so great against the Celtics. Um, Kuleble has a really nice fantasy game. He can rebound, good defensive stats, uh, but he's also still very young and very raw and very green. He was actually generally a little bit better when he was out there. He did also play in garbage time when the other starters didn't. I wouldn't read too much into it. He's not a starter yet, um, but it is something to keep an eye on. Bulls, nice little comeback win. They needed this one. Vooch finally woke up. He had his first big game of the year. Let's hope he gets that kind of gets him on track. Uh, Zach Levine didn't shoot the ball well, but he's starting to kind of come out of his season opening funk. And then DeMar's been fine so far. Uh, he's the one bull you haven't really needed to worry about to this point. I'm continuing to keep an eye on Alex Caruso. Um, only one block, no steals in this one, but he's a defensive wizard. And frankly, I just I feel like the Bulls are better when he's out there versus someone like a Kobe White who had another bad ball game. I don't think he belongs on 12-team, nine-category rosters. And we'll see if Chicago eventually moves the minutes around, uh, kind of figures out what the right lineup combinations are just feels like Caruso's going to be in one of those combos. I don't think you need to add him, but keep an eye on it. Tyrese Halliburton turned an ankle in this one. Something to monitor going forward. Benedict Matherin. We just heard that he missed practice with an elbow injury. That one kind of coming out of nowhere, but you know, for Matherin so far this year, we're seeing the same problems as last season, which is that he doesn't really do much besides give you a boost in free throw shooting. He's number 150 in nine category leagues, and I don't know that he moves too far beyond that. My hope is that he scores enough to get up near the top 100. But as far as the Pacers go, it's Halliburton, it's Miles Turner, and it's Bruce Brown. Those are your safe plays, and everybody else is a little bit funky. Would I drop him? Um... I'm dropping Toppin. Dropping Toppin. Oh, yes. It's a rhyme that feels so good to say and do. Buddy Heald, you're probably holding on to in the hopes that he gets moved. That's the way that his value gets rehabilitated. Matherin, if you drafted him, you're probably hanging on, but I didn't tell you to draft him. So I always, it's, it, I get it. Like you guys are listening to a lot of different analysts. I'm not the only person you're listening to, but it is somewhat frustrating when I have people come to me and they're like, what should I do with Jalen Green? And I'm like, not have drafted him feel a little bit similarly about Matherin although I, I do think he has a shot because at least the free throw percent is a really good positive for him Brooklyn got a win they needed that they beat Charlotte on the road because Lamella Ball continues to shoot like me that won't last all year uh, you're not gonna be able to buy low on Lamello because whoever drafted him spent probably their 11th pick on him but he's number 97 in nine cat leagues right now on the shoulders of shooting, get this, 25% on 15 shots a game so far this year. He is the single worst impact field goal percent guy in the entire NBA right now, which is basically what we said he was going to be, a punt field goal guy. Didn't think it was going to be this bad, and it won't be this bad. 
The other stuff is where it needs to be. Six boards, nine assists, 1.7 steals. So presumably when the field goal percent gets up to 41, which it probably will over the course of the year, everything will be gravy. That'll put him probably in the 20s if you're not punting anything and a first rounder if you're punting turnovers and field goal percent. But it's also why I didn't draft him in many places. One place I think I drafted him. Where I figured I had, I think it was a keeper league where I already had Jalen Duran, and I thought, well, maybe he can counterweight this. Turns out I probably need more, but either way, it'll be fine. Bigger stories from this ball game: uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, terrific fill-in spot at center. Uh, while Nick Claxton is out, Dorian Finney-Smith, officially a member of the Burger Board, the first official member of the Dan Vespers Burger Board here uh, in uh, 2023. Uh, Mikael Bridges, you know quietly solid which you know we'll take it he's number 38 per game right now i think i'd like to have see him post a little bit more on the usage side but if he cruises along in the 30s all year and plays every ball game then he'll actually hit his mark cam thomas uh a lot of points a lot of points 33 points almost nothing else and that's okay that's kind of his fantasy game and he's gonna have a great job here while cam johnson is out spencer dinwiddie also got hurt in this ball game so uh, there's there's kind of an opening here for Cam Thomas to keep storming the roost. Lonnie Walker picked up a whole bunch of slack when Spencer Dinwiddie went down. I don't know that I have the stones to play Lonnie Walker in a short stream if Spencer misses any time, but it's on the table. Uh, ben Simmons continues to look good, almost triple-doubled in this one. That's great, and uh, that's kind of the story on the Brooklyn side. As far as Charlotte goes, outside of LaMelo Ball, you got a good game from Terry Rozier, good game again from Gordon Hayward. Mark Williams bounced back with a perfect, well, perfecto, actually, 8-for-8 from the field, 2-for-2 at the free throw line. And Brandon Miller is probably the story on that uh, Charlotte team right now. He's been really good. He's number 62 through the first week of basketball. I I don't know if this sticks. I don't know if the field goal and free throw percent stay as good as they have been, but it's been a very encouraging start. Um you know, up there with Chet right now as the best rookie starts to the year. Pretty crazy, I know, but that's where we're at. Where's Chet right now? He's number 14. So far, I feel very good about putting Chet as the only young guy on the Dan Vespers old man squad. That one's been okay to this point. But uh, yeah, Brandon Miller, he belongs on rosters. He's a start right now. Um, We'll see how everything gets shaken up specifically when Miles Bridges comes back. But for the moment, things settled a bit in Charlotte. Portland got a win. That's good if we want their old guys to actually play a little bit deeper into the year. We don't want them to lose every single ball game. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 23 rebounds. People are hating on Ayton. I'm doing all the rhymes today, baby. I'm dropping, topping. People are hating on Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, in 26 and a half minutes per game so far this year, is number 30. And I know, again, limited sample size. The steals are and blocks uh, well the blocks at one a game is probably close to sustainable the one and a half steals a night is not but you know we've talked about Jalen Duran being one of the potentially biggest rebounders in the league this year DeAndre Ayton also has a shot to be one of the big rebounders in the league this year now he's on a team that has pretty much nobody else that rebounds um and he also is kind of a little bit in prove it mode although I don't you know what what does that mean for DeAndre Ayton uh, but people are hating on Aiden, and he's been one of the top centers so far. I mean, if you want to just like the basketball monster page is where I would go if I'm going to look at centers. Um, 
trying to trying to turn off the two things. There we go. Uh, yeah, I think he's like the ninth ranked center to this point. AD, who's been amazing, Embiid, Porzingis, Jokic, Chet, Demonis Sabonis, JJJ, Jalen Duran, Rudy Gobert, and DeAndre Ayton. Stop hating on Ayton. He's been fine. Jeremy Grant had his first better ball game of the year. Let's hope that keeps up. Shaden Sharp, great start right now. Malcolm Brogdon is a start right now. Scoot is, uh, we've talked about it before. We fouled out in this one. He's had some fouling issues, which is interesting for a uh, backcourt player. Little better in this one. But look, you're getting all the flavors that we tell you about with, with rookie ball handlers. Bad field goal, bad turnovers, and even bad free throws here. If you want to trade for Scoot, you do it in December. And if you drafted him, after I told you not to draft rookie ball handlers, this is me throwing my arms up in exasperation for those that are not watching and listening instead. Over on the Toronto side, uh, OG Ananobi came back but didn't play all that great. He was fine. Dennis Schroeder, another good ball game so far. He's arguably the guy that I underrated the most going into this season. I just did not see this kind of performance from Schroeder. He's been inside the top 90. Um, and that's with a free throw number that is uh, likely to come up. He's only at 75% right now. Threes, maybe those come down. I mean, even still, like if you're getting 14 and nine, like he'd have to be so terrible in the other stuff to not be a worthwhile fantasy play. So my humblest apologies to you, Dennis. I didn't think you were going to be this good to start the year. I didn't think you were going to be this good at any point this season. So um, my bad, dog. Atlanta uh, came back and beat Minnesota. The, the Wolves just completely fell apart in the second half of this ball game. Gobert was decent again. He's off to a pretty good start this year. Jaden McDaniels made his season debut, played 24 minutes, capped minutes, and looked good. Five for six shooting, couple of threes and a block. He'll come on. Um my hope with, with McDaniels is that he can improve upon last year where he just hovered right outside the top 100 pretty much the entire season. I would love him to take a round, round and a half step forward. Just something to make him consistently a play as opposed to like two weeks he was pretty good, next two weeks he was meh, and it bounced back and forth like that. Uh, Kyle Anderson is a hold. I know he didn't score, but that's not why you have him anyway. And Mike Conley is also a hold because you drafted him as a top 100, 110 range point guard, and that's basically where he is right now after a couple of decent games and a bad one, and that's kind of the way the season's probably going to go. Um, for slow-mo, he's always going to be someone who's undervalued uh, because he doesn't score at all. Um, but right now, if you actually took his numbers from this moment and extrapolated them for an entire season, he probably would be inside the top 100. It's just that we've got all these sort of small sample size stuff that's pushed him down the board. DeJounte Murray, monster ball game. Good to see him get going after a few quiet ones to start the year. They needed him to be a bigger part of what they got going on, and this pushed him up to number 39 now in the early going. Jalen Johnson as a starter is fun. Sadiq Bey did just enough off the bench to stay on rosters. Onyeko Kongwu, keep rolling with it. He actually had more minutes than Clint Capella in this ball game. Okongwu was a plus 22. Capella was a minus 4. They're not just going to magically shift what's going on after one good ball game for one and a bad one for the other. But again, anytime we can inch towards more of a timeshare, that's a good thing. Okongu should very much be on your roster. 
DeAndre Hunter had another 16 points. He was fine, if unspectacular. And he does actually belong on rosters right now. I didn't draft him anywhere because I still think he's eventually going to cool off and fall outside the top 100. But so far, so good. And you can ride that stream as long as it takes you. Finally, had a human game out of Jalen Duran. He had a little bit of foul stuff early. Detroit just wasn't playing well. Then the game got out of hand late. He ended up with eight and seven. He'll be fine. The only reason I bring up the Duran game is because yesterday on the pod, I said, hey, this is your chance to try to sell for a second rounder because someone's going to bite. And Jalen's not going to average 18 and 15 with, you know, four defensive stats all year and 80% shooting. It just doesn't happen. Even the best of the best of the best don't put up those numbers. So we had to know it was coming down, but there was just so much, I don't want to say hype, because we loved Jalen Duran. And I've said it before, I'm pretty sure I gave the first ad rack out on the internet last year when he started to inch up in minutes played for Detroit. So you guys know I love him, but I'm also a pragmatist. So when the value was there, then it was time to capitalize on it. And, uh, you know, you'll still get a pretty good player if you wanted to, but I think after the bad ball game, you probably just ride what's still going to be a very fun year, but probably not a top 10. Isaiah Stewart did just barely enough to remain on rosters, and I feel like that's actually kind of going to be the story for him all season long. 14-9 and nine with a couple of, well, you know, a three-pointer and a half, and you just pray that he gets a damn defensive stat at some point this season. That's not really what he does. So there is a chance he ends up as a drop, but he's hanging on by a thread right now. Uh, Alec Burks, only 21 minutes in this game, 11.7 assists. He's like, he's been better than I expected. And with Detroit actually trying to win games this year, maybe that's a reason we're seeing a little more of him. Um, I still think eventually he tapers off maybe in favor of some of the younger guys. But for right now, Burks probably does belong at the end of rosters, even if you don't use him on the Roto Games cap side. He's playing well enough to go on head-to-head. Jaden Ivey got hot in this one, but he only played 19 minutes, so I wouldn't buy into that. And then Azar Thompson was the big one. Great game from Thompson, 15-10 and 10 with four defensive stats. I mean, we can see it. He's He already has one of the really nice def- fantasy stat sets frankly, in the NBA, but we just have to sort of suffer through the rookie learning curve stuff. So if you have him, enjoy the ride. If you don't, you're probably not going to be able to pry him out of his manager's cold, dead hands. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations.
Nothing of note on the Thunder side. Another great game for Chet. Great game for Shea after the bad one. Jalen Williams looked good. Josh Giddy was a little better in this one, but blah, blah, blah. We move along to Dallas and Memphis. No Kyrie, so uh, Luca just did more Luca stuff. Um, massive, massive, massive counting numbers, bad free throw and turnover numbers. You guys know the story at this point for Luca, who's been uh, awesome. Early season Luca is always awesome. He's number two right now, despite the free throws and the turnovers, because he's averaging 39, 12, and 10 with six three pointers a game. You want some stuff that's not going to stick? <laughs> that's not going to stick all year. Those numbers are obscene. Uh, Tim Hardaway's on one of his heaters, which is a short-term stream if you want to bother with it. Josh Green filled in for Kyrie. Meh. Derek Lively's minutes are on the ropes. We talked about that on uh, yesterday's show with the weekend recap. I think with Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba both healthy, there's just not enough reason. And I know Lively had five fouls, so maybe it would have been more like 17 minutes instead of 14. But there's just no guarantee for him. Unless he's the guy making the big difference, you know, Dwight Powell was in the better units yesterday. Klebo was in the better units for Dallas yesterday. Lively was in the ones that were getting beat, so he didn't get to play. And if he's not going to play every damn ball game, I don't know how you justify hanging on the whole way through. Because it's not like Dallas is about to pivot into a youth movement here unless he takes a massive step forward, and I don't know how we can just expect that to happen overnight. So I am going to be one of the more aggressive analysts and say you can probably drop Derek Lively um, I don't think anybody would scoop them up after a couple of bad ball games. I mean, maybe they would in hyper competitive leagues, but this podcast is tailored more towards intermediate to slightly competitive 12 teamers. And he's not a start right now. Grant Williams is going to be teasing me all year. I can see this. Uh, he had four, three pointers early in this game and then didn't do really almost anything else the rest of the way, but he's a high efficiency three point shooter. And so I can't quit on him watch list Zaire Williams also watch list by the way if we're going to flip over and look at the other side big games from Marcus Smart JJJ and Desmond Bain those guys all are ranked really high right now enjoy it um but Memphis really needs a win Warriors it's almost like they're better when Draymond Green is healthy even when he's not playing full starters minutes yet the Warriors are just a completely different beast when Draymond is out there, they're three and one. Um, and Dre, what last two ball games and they've won them both. He didn't put up big numbers because he only played 21 minutes, but his minutes will continue to track up. Uh, Steph is crazy. Good. Chris Paul put up a pretty good line in 25 minutes. I'm not worried about that yet. Keep an eye on Chris Paul as Draymond's minutes continue to increase. And Moses Moody got the fill in for clay Thompson. So just sort of file that in the, uh, Rolodex. Andrew Wiggins was awful again. You know, he's not playable right now. I would I would consider just sitting on him until he gets his game together. And he remains, I'll say this on every damn show if I have to, I don't like having Andrew Wiggins on my team. I don't like guard wing types that stink at free throw shooting. But he's also a buy low. Both of those things are true at the same time. So if you can go get him for fodder, you do it. Um, but if it costs anything more than fodder, I don't. Jonas Valanciunas blocked two shots. That saved his fantasy line, but he's just not going to be a play this year. I know that it's sort of weird to say that after he has a better game. 
Uh, but he's had two good games, if you want to call it that, out of his first three, and he's still ranked outside the top 130. 10 points, seven boards, a block. Field goal percent will probably be better than it is right now. Free throws, blocks probably come down. He just doesn't have a secure job. Can we leave it at that? Herb Jones came back to earth a little bit, still had three defensive stats, so I think he's bought himself a, a little more wiggle room on your fantasy team. Uh, I know he dropped outside the top 100 with this bad one, but again, Warriors blew him out, so a grain of salt. Jordan Hawkins filled in for Brandon Ingram, 14-5-2 with a couple of steals, something to, again, again, keep in the back of your mind, at least until Trey Murphy comes back, that Jordan Hawkins could be a guy that fills in as a you know half-a-burger type uh, injury replacement. Milwaukee beat Miami in a game that uh, probably was closer than it needed to be because Tyler Hero went off. Um, Jimmy Butler's off to a slow start. People are actually starting to panic a little bit on Butler, which is great. By low, he's shooting 32% from the field. His steals are down. His assists are down. Everything's going to be fine, people. This is Jimmy Dam Butler we're talking about. Go see if you can get him for like a 45-50 range, dude. In fact, stamp it. Jimmy Butler's my buy low of the day. Honestly, I didn't even realize he had gotten off to such a slow start until somebody mentioned it on Twitter. They were like, hey, what about Jimmy Butler? This guy's stinking right now. I didn't even realize it was happening, but they're right. He is stinking to start the year, probably because they made the godforsaken finals. The Heat are tired, man. Nuggets don't ever get tired because Jokic is a wizard. But the Heat are pooped. This is a tired basketball team. Anyway, Jimmy Butler, buy low. Big time buy low wreck on that one. Uh, Brooke Lopez, slightly better ball game. Still didn't get the big blocks. One of these games is coming and he's going to get the big block number. And then the buy low is going to be done for him. Uh, Chris Middleton, only 17 minutes. I mean, I told you guys I wasn't drafting him anywhere because I just think this year is going to be a headache for a while. I mean, maybe he gets up to full starters minutes in the next three, four weeks, something like that. I don't know, but they're going to be going so easy on him. And frankly, as soon as they have team chemistry, they're going to be going easy on everybody because they have enough talent to overcome a few losses. I don't think they're that worried about being the one seed. They want to keep their guys healthy, and Middleton is one of their key guys. Well, that's going to be a mess. Bobby Portis had a big ball game, but he only played 19 minutes, so uh, not going to bite on that one. Denver wins again. No finals hangover for the champs. They're 4-0. and They're the only team in the NBA who's 4-0 and right now, although there are still two other undefeated teams, the Mavs and the Celtics, if you're interested. Uh, Nikola Jokic, another triple-double. Jamal Murray, 14 assists out of nowhere. And then no other huge surprises. Michael Porter Jr. slowed down. He only played 19 minutes in yesterday's ballgame. Uh, Christian Brown got bonus run. They just found a unit that was working, and they rolled with it. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. KCP, couple threes, a steal, a couple blocks. Um, you know, I you didn't draft. You probably didn't draft him at all, but you didn't pick him up for his scoring. And right now he's inside the top 50 on some unsustainable stuff, but people are giving me guff for KCP, and he's one of the better fantasy plays in the league these days. Utah's all over the map. Walker Kessler finally had his first big ball game of the year. Hopefully this kind of gets things going, although we knew it was coming against Jokic. So let's hope 
that it's not something that only happens against gigantic starting centers on the other team. Um, but this is a good one for him. Larry Markkinen is, I'll admit, off to a better start than I expected. He's number 12 in nine cat right now. I thought you'd see him take a small step back. And so far, he's pretty much duplicated it year over year. And then Taylor Horton Tucker, who's right now messing with my emotions in a very significant way, going from good game to awful game and back and forth again, which has put him at 150 in nine cat. By the way, that ain't enough. He's shooting 37% from the field and 67% at the free throw line. The free throws are not good for him. Those are not going to take a big jump. The field goal percent should probably get a little bit better. If it does, is that going to be enough? I don't know. I'm inclined to say no and let somebody else deal with this headache, but you make your own call. Jordan Clarkson outside the top 200 after this terrible ball game. <sighs> Nobody believes me when I say that my fantasy teams get better when I remove Jordan Clarkson. And this isn't a knock on Clarkson because teams need guys that are out there gunning for points. But his turnovers are too high. His free throws are not as good as people think they are. His field goal percent is always low. And we got all three of those together in this ballgame. And so overall, he's just been terrible to start the year. And I don't think he belongs on nine category rosters. And the last one from Omega Monday, while my voice continues to sort of hang on the brink here, Lakers beat Orlando uh, late game push from the Twin Towers lineup on the Lakers side. If you want to take away anything from yesterday's ballgame, number one is that Austin Reeves still looks really tired. He was getting beat pretty consistently by Markel Fultz, by uh, at times I think Joe Ingles for he wasn't in there very long. Uh, Franz Wagner was beating him up, but he's got a size advantage. Reeves just looks gassed. Torian Prince had his back and forth continue. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell, who I mentioned a couple times, as soon as I saw his minutes in the very first game of the year, remember I said to you guys, this dude's going to end up being a massive draft day value because the Lakers are rolling out there for full starters minutes. He just hadn't had that one warm game yet through their first three. So that's why he was hanging around near the edge of the top 100, but he was shooting like 37%. So one hot game later, D'Lo jumps up to number 53. And the likelihood is, as LeBron starts to take some days off, the minutes were at 32 and a half in this one. They're trying to keep him in check a little bit. D'Lo's going to be a big winner in a huge ball game here. I didn't take him in many places, but there was one draft. I'm trying to remember which team it was. I don't even remember at this point. There's one draft where he fell to like 120-something, and I thought, well, this is stupid. I have to draft him now. And now I feel good about that because I didn't think I was going to take him at, you know, 95, 100 where he was going, which seems like that might even be a value. But once he fell, you know, round, round and a half deeper than that. But anyway, back to the I'm burying the lead here. Christian Wood and Anthony Davis played great together in yesterday's ball game. Wood was a plus 12 best on the Lakers in last night's ball game, And it wasn't fluky. It wasn't like he just happened to be out there in the lineups that were doing really well. It was that he provided a something for the Lakers, a certain something that the other lineup combos weren't giving. Now, Rui Hachimura being out probably did help Christian Wood squeeze a few extra minutes out because they Lakers foolishly tried to shoehorn Cam Reddish into anything yesterday or Jackson Hayes. And both of those guys, frankly, don't deserve to be in the rotation, but they got to get some minutes. Someone has to get some minutes so the starters don't get completely worn out. 
Uh, but Christian Wood was great. He got big rebounds in traffic when Anthony Davis couldn't go get them, and AD got 19 of his own, so it's not like you can knock him. Uh, but the Lakers' guards aren't rebounding well at all. LeBron only got three boards in yesterday's game because, uh, honestly, I think he was probably a little tired on the second half of an OT back-to-back, and they needed another big. And Wood did a really good job guarding guys like Wendell Carter Jr. He did a good job on Franz Wagner a couple of times. He helped protect the lane when AD was being pulled out towards the perimeter. I'm not here to tell you that he's going to just magically get 26, 27 minutes of ball game nightly, but I am here to tell you that it worked yesterday. And I think that means that they will try it again. So if Christian Wood is out there and you have dead weight, and I know that this is the time of year where a lot of guys are turning into drops, I do think that Wood deserves at least a look. I know his numbers are horrible so far. He's outside the top 175, so it's not like you got to pick him up and play him. But particularly if you're in a spot where you could stash him to see how these rotations shake out, I think he's got a good shot to carve out a bigger role based on what I saw last night. Over on the Orlando side, Jalen Suggs is kind of coming on a little bit this year. He looked really good in a way that, frankly, surprised me just to sort of watch him live in a ball game. He was playing a ton of defense, which we know he can always do. He actually spread the floor a little bit, hit a few three-pointers, which surprised everybody. Uh, but, you know, the Steels numbers are not a fluke. He's good at that. Um, he can rebound a bit because he's sort of a big guard. I'd like to see some more passing out of Suggs. Only two assists again yesterday. I know that Fultz is going to be the main guy there distributing the ball and is running through Franz and it's running through Paolo. But, you know, two assists for a guard like Suggs, that, that number just has to be a little bit better. Um, is there a chance he overtakes Cole Anthony in more in a more permanent way? I know that Suggs is starting and Anthony's coming off the bench, but those two guys do tend to kind of bounce back and forth in who's actually getting to do stuff on a night-to-night basis. That I don't have the answer to. But last night, Suggs looked like the far better player. And it's, you know, it's a one-game sample size, and there are days where Cole looks like the better player. But I would, I would actually start suggesting watching more Magic games live to see if this thing starts to tip a little bit in the Jalen Suggs direction. And if it does, you might see Cole Anthony end up on the trade block. Otherwise, no massive surprises. Gary Harris uh, went six for six, and no, you don't really care about that. Getting a lot of Wendell Carter Jr. questions these days. Uh, you know, I told you guys on draft night, he's a top 100 center. So the fact that he's been a little worse than that shouldn't blow anybody away. Guys run cold, guys run hot. He played 35 minutes, but he doesn't get any defensive stats. So for him, it's going to be about getting 14, 15 points and nine rebounds and just plodding along. So again, not a guy I'm targeting because he's a zero upside center, but he's also a buy low because people are super frustrated at fact by the fact that he's been bad so far. So again, two things can be true, even if I don't really want him on my fantasy team. So that's your look back at a very, very busy Monday. I will do a look ahead here at Tuesday in, a, in just a second. First things first, though, I want to remind you guys to please come find me over on social media, especially now where I'm almost completely out of vocal strength. I am hurting people, but I'm getting through this damn show. I'm getting through my back-to-back shows today, and we are going to do a couple of questions from the chat room, but please find me on Twitter so that I can just type my thoughts to you and not speak them for the next 24 hours because I am really running out of juice. Um, Also, please like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff, no matter how you're taking in the pod. Every one of those does actually help 
and every like on Twitter helps and every like on YouTube and every subscription on Spotify and iTunes, all of that stuff actually helps quite a bit. And before I completely run out of strength, I do want to give my daily shout out to the boys and gals over at manscaped.com, the handyman. I think my lawnmower might be coming later today. I to check that shipping manifest to see when it's coming in. I can't wait to show that one live on air, but this is the handyman. You can see it in its case, beautiful travel electric razor. It's, it's awesome. It's really awesome. I've used it uh, on my cheeks. I've used it on my neck. I've actually used it on the back of my neck. If I want to get a little bit tighter back there, cause I am kind of a hairy sort ethos, 20, 20% off and free shipping on your order over at manscape.com ethos two zero for 20% off and free shipping on your order over at manscaped.com. Quick look at Tuesday here. Um, just, just three games. So not a whole lot on the docket for the Knicks. I badly want Josh Hart to get some more minutes. I don't know that it's going to happen but I badly want it to happen. Can I will it to existence? Probably not. Uh, also, where is Emmanuel quickly going to end up at the end of all of this? Because he's number 140 in what I would deem kind of a good start to the year, so that doesn't augur well for what comes next. If that's good, then what is bad? Head-to-head, -head, I think I'm good with quickly because, again, he's a guy that helps you in a few spots and doesn't hurt you a ton, but Roto... He's just, there's just like not enough good stuff. If that makes any sense. I like quickly. I hope he gets moved. I don't think he will, at least not for a little bit. Uh, Cavs still dealing with a bunch of injuries. Karis Levert uh, now on the man, the uh, injury report with a hamstring injury. He's questionable. Darius Garland is already out. Donovan Mitchell is questionable, but I guess was at shoot around. He's also dealing with a hammy. You figure it out when you get there. This is going to be one of those, like, uh, somebody's yelling at me on Twitter. That distracted me from the show. You jerk. Um, Max Struess, whom I adore so far, is likely to have another very large ball game, and I think he's going to be good all year. So um, keep it cooking. I actually like what Karis LeVert's done so far. I know he's had some issues at the free throw line and field goal percent, but he's looked very comfortable with the team. And so that's worth keeping an eye on as well. Uh, for the Spurs, you guys know how I feel about the Spurs. I just think there's so much inefficiency on that team, and it's why I dodged almost all of them because of the percentages stuff. You guys know I like to generally attack percentages as an easier set of categories to win, especially on the Roto side. Um but maybe we get our first Wembenyama bananas line to the, this evening. Maybe he goes crazy. Who knows? Would be fun. Also, I'd like to see Zach Collins probably stop turning the ball over, if at all possible. For the Suns, uh, I think we've got Booker up to... No, he's doubtful still, huh? Um, Beal is out. Booker is uh, probably not, but I guess we could call him a maybe. So, you know, more Kevin Durant. More Yusuf Nurkic as we watch him kind of settle into his role. Um... I mean, if you want to do the Eric Gordon, what I've been calling it is the Eric Gordon, Gordon, close your eyes and hope it's not a terrible shooting game night. Have at it, but you know, same old stuff. Magic on the back-to-back, -back, they've got the Clippers. We just talked about Jalen Suggs. He's kind of the guy I'm watching right now. And then also the whole, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. I don't want him, but he's also a buy low guy. For the Clippers, they are very thin right now. They traded away four power forwards and Terrence Mann is, is still hurt. 
So you're going to see some weird lineups. You'll probably see more bones in there when they go smaller. Uh, you might see some Kobe Brown. I don't know that I'm picking anybody up for this one game because it is just one game for the Clippers in a two-game week. So um, in a situation that likely will not happen again the rest of this year, meaning this this particular set of healthy players being there, that probably doesn't happen again this season. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I just can't make myself care. Ah, well. Um, and that's what's coming up tonight. So uh, I think we can probably take that off the screen for those that are watching live. And let's pivot over to the chat room. I'm going to go until I can't talk. That's basically where we're at with the chat room right now. Um, again, now you can see my Twitter handle back on the screen. So do find me over there because, again, it's easier for me to write, type things with my fingers than it is for me to speak them out loud. But I am going to continue to do my best. I'm also going to throw our Discord link in the chat room right now uh, because you've got a lot of fantasy basketball nuts all just hanging out with one another. If you're a premium subscriber at Sports Ethos, uh, you get access to some hidden channels in Discord where you can actually uh, interact straight with the analysts, get your questions answered there. Also, tools are up at Sports Ethos now, in case you guys didn't see our messages yesterday. Five new tools on the website. These are uh, you know Excel-based gadget tools that we just haven't had access to in the past, so really cool stuff. That's all in the Fantasy Pass, which starts at 6 bucks per month. Dave says, will Tari Eason get significant minutes when he returns? Jalen Johnson is what I expected Eason to be. Um, I think Tari will get some. I don't think it's going to be that many. If you drafted him, you might as well wait and see what happens, but I'm guessing he's going to end up on waiver wires. Uh, the nice thing about Eason is that he rebounds and gets steals, so he might be able to get value without having to uh, work all that hard for it. Um, so call it fringy. I don't think you need to stash, especially if you need your roster slots, like if it's a head-to-head -head deal. But, you know, if you can pop them in an injured list, I'm okay with that. What are the Clippers streamers tonight? Um, honest to goodness, I just don't trust any of them. Bones is probably... Bones is probably your safest one. Um, but maybe it ends up being... Anyway, THD seems to play every other game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you could try to play him every other game. I'm probably just moving on. How much is Xavier Tillman worth in nine cat roto? I want to trade him away for Zach Collins. Am I underselling? No, I think I'd rather have Collins because at least you're then kind of taking a shot that if things stick for Collins, if you start to see a little bit of the upside come together, his ceiling is way higher than Tillman's. Tillman may be a higher floor. Uh, even that's questionable because Memphis may just trade for a big man. Is Brandon Miller earning his minutes now or when Martin and Bridges come back, he's cooked? No, I mean, they spent their second pick on him, so I, I think he has earned some minutes. The Bridges one is the one I'm more concerned about because uh, I think he he's just going to chop away at everybody in that front court. And, and if, you know, if Gordon Hayward loses out or if Miller loses out, then maybe they do fall to the wrong side of the cut line. Um, but I don't think that you move on from Miller preemptively. Things are going well. You probably just ride it out. Should I trade Donovan Mitchell for Anthony Davis? Well, they're both off to really hot starts this year. Um, you know, the big issue for Donovan Mitchell is that he's been hurt. 
So, you know, he's played two games and Anthony Davis has played four, but they are two of the top three players in fantasy sports right now. Um, I think I probably would. Yeah, I think I would. Because, you know, we know Donovan Mitchell is going to come down and he's going to end up in that, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 range. Or maybe between 12 and 20, if you want to call it that. And AD is going to be higher. Um, I think Anthony Davis wants to show that he can be healthy this year. I think he wants to show that he can, you know, take over the team a little bit with LeBron getting super old. Um, and then we just have to pray. Uh, but AD has that per game insane O cap. Uh, although I get it, you know, on the head to head side, maybe you, you prefer the guy that is a little bit safer from the health standpoint. Turned my microphone off to cough here, everybody. How much fab would you use out of a hundred? If someone dropped Anthony Melton two days ago, uh, give me 16. No. 21. Any thoughts on Paolo? Was expecting a second-year breakout. Ah, so you're someone who didn't listen to my podcasts this preseason. He's Paolo, man. His percentages weren't going to magically fix themselves. I'm thinking about dropping him to stash Miles Bridges. If you're in a nine-cat league, Miles Bridges probably does post better numbers this year than Paolo Banquero. If you are punting percentages and turnovers, I think I'd rather have Banquero. But in almost any other category league setup, you probably prefer Miles. Can you believe it? I can believe it because I said it over and over again. He was going to be a very bad category league player this year. I tried to warn you guys. Can you name some players you think would fit into that 70, 80 range to try and trade for Jordan Poole? So here's what I would do. And I don't know if I have time to do it on air um, because my voice is, is, uh, is dying. I would go to the late sixth, early seventh round in your draft and look for players that are overperforming where you think they're going to end up and float those guys out there. Um, let's see, who would that be in mine? Um, maybe Tyus Jones. I think he'll be pretty good, but you could take the upside shot. Franz maybe is someone you could look at. Uh, hmm, who else fits that zone there? Um, Clay Thompson, Tyler Hero, maybe. Eh, I think I might. Eh, yeah, those guys, I guess, sort of make sense. I'm not sold on any of those names, but some. Should I start Jeremy Sohan or Isaac Okoro today? If Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and Karis LeVert are all out, you probably go Okoro. If uh, if you get two of those guys back for the Cavs, then maybe you go Sohan. What are my thoughts on Trey Young? My thoughts on Trey Young is what I said all throughout the draft season, which is that he is a assists and free throw percent specialist. He's a field goal percent and turnover punt guy. And if you're not punting field goal percent, there was almost no chance he got he got to his ADP. And I have seen nothing to make me move off of that position so far. Can we expect Jalen Johnson to be a mini OG Ananobi rest of season? No, no, no. OG is a hyper elite steals guy. Jalen Johnson is not that. Um, you know, I think if we can get top 80 out of him, I'd be pretty happy. 
Should I trade away Max Struess for Paolo Boncaro in a points league? Uh, okay, the points league changes this a lot. Yes, in a points league, I think I would do it. Category league, no. Do you think this is a buy high for Rudy Gobert and is Austin Reeves just overrated this year? Two very different players. Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, we'll see Gobert probably come back down a little bit because 1.3 steals is not something he's going to stick on. The other stuff probably somewhat safe. Maybe rebounds come down from 13 and a half a little. So I think he settles. Look, I had Rudy in more of the 60 range this year. Um, I didn't think he was going to drop off that precipitously. So no, I, I'm not buying his 30 range start. Um, but I do think he's going to be fine. I think Rudy will be fine this year. Is Reeves overrated? No, he's completely gassed. If you watch him move, he has no lift at all on anything right now. If you drafted him, you drafted him for a great percentages guy, and he's not contributing in those because he doesn't have the lift to get to the free throw line. He doesn't have the lift to make any shots. He's a buy low, um, but he's also got where the ceiling is kind of capped because he doesn't get defensive stats. And LeBron, AD, and D'Lo are the guys that are also taking a bunch of shots there. So I like Austin Reeves. I like him because he's good at percentages. So that does make him a buy low I would look at. But also, I didn't think he was going to be like a 60 range guy. I thought he was going to be like 85 to 105. So that's where you should probably continue to think he moves as he gets his legs back underneath him. Would you recommend Asser or DeAnthony Melton? Doesn't have to be Dan answering, but anyone else would be great. Oh, so someone in the chat room could uh, could pop up. I think I would, man, I think I would rather Azar Thompson just, I mean, he's already showing so much. Melton probably beats him here over the next, like, month, month and a half, two months. But, like, the growth, if, if we extrapolate Azar growing over the next few months, uh, he, he looks really cool. Is Steph a sell high? I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to sell your mid-first rounder for who? Another mid-first rounder? No, nah, man, just ride it out. Steph is awesome. There isn't really anybody better you're going to get. You're not going to be able to get Jokic for Steph. So no point, really. Melton Brogdon, Karis Levert. Uh, who has the best rest of season outlook? Uh, I would have said Melton, obviously, but this injury to Anthony Simons might give Brogdon a little bit of a window here. Um, probably still go Melton. Zion or Darius Garland? Garland. Fultz or Dennis Schroeder? I'll go Fultz. Um, because I feel like the best iteration of Schroeder is what we're seeing right now. And we've seen kind of one of the poorer iterations of Markel Fultz. He still can do more. Uh, and they're ranked within like six slots of each other. So I'll go Fultz. Is Boyan Bogdanovich worth keeping? I have Anthony Simons in my IL already. Uh, probably not. Is it time to drop Clarkson? Yes. Should I drop Wiggins for Cam Thomas? Ooh, that's a tough one, actually. Mm, no. Try to find another drop. Wiggins will bounce back at some point. I'm wondering the same thing you said earlier on Tari Eason, thinking about dropping him or slow-mo or quickly for Max Struess. Yeah, you got to drop one of those guys for Struess. I don't know which one it's going to be necessarily. Uh, if Eason's on your IL, you don't have to drop him. It it would be quickly, I think, between the other two guys and nine cat. Uh, but if you're taking zeros, then it's Eason. 
Dan, who do you think is Miami's best big man when Bam is out? Uh, Thomas Bryant. Do you think Keegan Murray is going to get better with Fox being out, or do you think it's the opposite? I think he stays about the same. Your lack of credit given to Wemby and Devin Vassell disappoints me. Well, um, Wembenyama is number 156 in nine cat right now because turnovers, free throw, and field goal percent matter. When he goes crazy, I'll give him all the credit in the world. I think it's going to be a cool year for him. Like I'm, I'm excited to see what Victor Wembenyama can do because at some point he's going to have a game where he goes for 20 points, nine rebounds, and like five steals and eight blocks, and we're all just going to, our eyes are going to pop out of our skulls, but he hasn't done it yet. And I like Devin Vassell as a basketball player, but also he's number 120 because he's been tanking your free throw percent so far, and he doesn't really do anything besides score. This is why. All right, I think my voice is, is about done. Um, lightning round. Should I trade Kyrie Irving for JJJ? Yeah, I'm fine with that either way. Whatever fits your team better. Would you drop Denny Avdia and use waiver priority two in an 18-teamer to get DeAnthony Melton? Yes. Would you trade Tobias Harris for Marcus Smart? Uh, fair trade. I'm okay either way. What's Matherin's upside? 90 is probably a best-case scenario for him. Is he droppable? He is, yeah. If somebody amazing is out there. Somebody offered me Nas Reed and DeAndre Hunter for Zach Collins and Bones Highland. No, I think I'd stick with Zach Collins. What would your asking price for Tyrese Maxey be in a trade? Like if somebody, if you were going to sell Maxey, I would try to get a top, a third rounder or better back. Sohan or Melton? Melton. What do you think about PJ Washington? Should I drop him for a streaming spot? Yeah, I think you probably could, especially once the Hornets get more of their guys back. Who's better to hang on to, Kobe White or Benedict Matherin? Let's go Matherin. Thoughts on Cade's turnovers per game. They are likely to be very high all year, probably not five per game, but they're not going to be low. First time catching you live and not on two times speed on Spotify. Just wanted to say thanks. Won my leagues last year because of your show. You're welcome, Nicholas. Welcome aboard. I'm sorry you caught me on a day when I can barely speak. Last question. We're shutting her down. THD had a great game yesterday. Is it worth picking him up again and drop Keontae George in a points league? Yes, points league. Taren, Taylor Orton Tucker belongs on rosters because his big issues are uh, more category league based. Oh, should I drop Kobe White for Scoot? Yes, absolutely. Drop Benedict Matherin for a streaming spot? I'm fine with that if you really want to. I don't think you're like he'll have some big games where you'll regret it periodically but overall i don't think it's going to be that big of a deal either way these guys don't really move the ball forward all that much i can barely speak thank you guys for tuning in thanks for all the great questions please do find me on social so i can type my thoughts to you instead of speaking to them speaking them i don't know why i chose to do two pods back to back when i had laryngitis but uh james Harden got traded so you know that's the way it goes all right see you guys tomorrow everybody For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. 
Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.